0: Can we just go ahead and name this episode Mac Brown's Lemon Party and get, over, get it over with?
1: <laughs> What's a Lemon that's Party? Where the archi-
0: <laughs> don't Google oh, that. Do not Google oh, that. Don't, don't that. do <laughs> it. Don't do it. Nope. No, that was a different no, time don't for don't you. Do it. Nope. Nope. Don't do it. Lemon Party is, <laughs> an, it's that's old evil, baby. That's old, That's old some millennial
2: evil. evil.
1: If I look it up, is my FBI agent going to be mad at me?
2: No, your FBI agent will be like, oh, you finally got it, babe. Oh my I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> What the <Yep. laughs> Yep. This is Chapel Bell Curve, a podcast about football and feelings. I'm Justin, and I'm Nathan,
1: and I'm Yara.
2: And today we're going to be
0: previewing UGA's upcoming tilt against the Gamecocks of South Carolina. Call them South Carolina University; they love that. If you haven't listened to one of our preview shows before, what we're going to be doing today is looking at this from both a qualitative and quantitative standpoint, In our qualitative segment, we'll be breaking down some history. We'll be talking about the matchup. Historically, we'll be talking about mascots. We will give Yara her five minutes of enrichment time in her enclosure to go feral, and then we will talk about some storylines coming into the game. During our quantitative segment, I have prepared some lovely selected stats for you as the. I was going to say concierge, but what I'm too poor to know concierge. what wine. Sommelier. The sommelier of stats. I, I've prepared you a selection. And then we will also be talking about what we're looking forward to at the game this weekend and giving some score predictions. So let's get started with the news. In our run of show for the second week in a row, we're starting with a very depressing news item. <laughs>
1: And before we get into that news, if you like what you hear today, come check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash curve You can join for as little as $1, and you can join for as much as $50 if you really fuck with us like that. And you can get like a whole advertisement, you know? Just just come check us out for as little as $1 a month. You can come join a great community of patrons, like me, and have access to our unedited show feed and listen to us record live. Maybe we'll do a live show later, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And more. So, yeah, let's get into it.
2: Tell us about the news, Nathan. We're going to eat our vegetables
0: first. I hate to start out like this, but it just is what it is. In the wake of Alabama's loss to Texas, and actually during the fourth quarter of Alabama's loss to Texas, there were reports and then eventually cell phone videos that came out from both players and players' families and then other Texas people around the stadium that the Alabama student section was chanting racist, homophobic chance at texas's players i bring this up not to i come not to bury brutus no hold on brutus was alive i come not to bury (laughs) caesar for we know brutus is an honorable man there we go i'm not here to to just dump on alabama like the jokes are there and they're easy to make i think the only point i want to make about this is that as georgia fans we often feel i think at least Younger Georgia fans often feel that we are kind of typecast as the most golf shirt of all fan bases. So I try not to typecast other fan bases in the same way that we are. So I'm not saying that, oh, LOL, Alabama, they're all racist rednecks. My bigger point, I think, and the thing that's important about this is to point out that this kind of racism in sports happens all over the world, like pretty much constantly, and that You know, for as good as sports can be at building communities and creating safe spaces for new and different people. In fact, like Yara and I talked about this last week, ironically, that sports can also be an equally good conduit and avenue to spread hatred and bigotry. So Mm -hmm. if you are the kind of person like me who is straight and white and looks like your typical football fan, I think it's your sort of job. It's your privilege to cut that shit out. Even if you're not doing it, I still think it's your job to help ensure that it doesn't happen around you. Because, you know, that's, I think, directly contravenes everything that I personally like about college football and sports writ large. And this isn't a uniquely Alabama problem or SEC problem or even American problem. I mean, I think there was a Real Madrid soccer player that was getting so many, was getting compared to different great apes so much at away stadiums that the team had to make like a like a statement about it. Mm. That's the only reason I'm bringing this up. If you hear that happen at Stanford, which I know it does, because we're not any better or worse than anybody else about this. Yeah. You got to say something about that shit, man.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's our responsibility to police our own, you know, like all the folks you see out there in red and black are, we're all on the same team. And therefore, you know, when you speak out, you're not speaking out because you think people are less than you. You know, they can be better than they're being. And I think that's really important to acknowledge.
0: I think that's, that's the exact way to put it. It's not a a moral condemnation, not to instantly get super philosophical, but personally, one of my like biggest tenets that I live my life by is that optimism is like a practical choice. It's not a Pollyannish philosophy. It's like a way of living Mm -hmm. life. And when you call someone out, you are being optimistic about their ability to like sort of recognize their own issues. Right. Yeah. And so I, I don't think it's I don't think it's mean, you know what I mean? I think it's rather no, it's not mean an investment in that person.
2: If anything, like if we want to relate this back to football, it's like looking back on Stetson Bennett, we were very hopeful of his ceiling. And therefore, we would speak often of how great he could be based on what we've seen other quarterbacks do. And therefore, we held out hope that he would reach that ceiling, and he did. And I think that that is a, a very apt metaphor for this exact situation, is that we have seen other people in this same situation act on precedent that was positive and hopeful and uh, would build a better community. And therefore, we are still holding out hope that others will do the same.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't. Have, that's all I have to say.
2: Yeah, that's all I have to say as well.
0: Let's move on. Let's do it. Let's move on to something, uh, I mean, I guess slightly more upbeat on the injury report it looks like we're not <coughs> going to get javon bullard or lad mcconkey back we won't have our tiny small fast boy we will have our tiny small slow our swole fast boy and Makai muse but it doesn't look like we're gonna get live back he's continuing to have I- issues with his i think back and then also i believe that javon bullard who played a lot of star he played a lot of safety was sort of very famously had some very big plays throughout the championship run last year in terms of pressure on the quarterback. And then of course the hit he put on Marvin Harrison. He, I believe has an ankle injury as does Lawson Lucky. Lawson's Lucky's status at this point is unknown. Uh, this is relevant to this weekend, I think in particular because Lawson Lucky is known as being one of the best inline tight blo- uh, end blocking tight ends on the roster. And we've talked about sort of at length already about george's issues with running the ball consistently so getting him back would be a big deal javon bullard i think is in a much deeper room even though he's a very good player i'm not that worried about his presence or absence even though given who we're playing that it would be good to have him back lad mcconkey while i love him is probably the person that we can most easily replace because of the depth in our wide receiver room i didn't see any other pressing injury notes but we will bring you more as the situation (laughs) updates also Shane Beamer just wants us to love him and we'll talk about the ways in which he wants us to love him in a moment from Yara (laughs) but in his press conference at the SEC media week he talked about his time as the tight ends coach at Georgia and how he still believes that Tyler Simmons was on sides referencing the 2018 national title or I guess January 2018 national title and god bless him why won't you let me hate you one recruiting note kj bolden five star all everything commit to fsu is reported to be on campus this weekend for an official visit he would play probably wide receiver or safety at georgia he is one of georgia's most sought after recruits i believe he's from from buford give me one second to check that boom he is from buford let's go uh anyway He's from Buford right up the road, and as are many players at Buford, he is one of the most sought-after recruits in the nation, but he's also one of the top recruits on UGA's list. Having him next year alongside Malachi Starks would be sort of a, a huge coup. That's all the Ooh. news of the day. Any comments on any of that before we get to our first unhinged segment of the day? The first unhinged segment of the day. Hit us with it it's time for yara's lust against the machine where we let our gen z we let our gen z youth outreach coordinator out of her enclosure for some enrichment time uh, yara has put down their giant paul their giant uh pile of what i assume are plush mellows and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is charging their vape and oh, God. is probably i i mean i don't want you to f- i'm just I'm, I'm trafficking in gen z stereotypes if you happen to fall into them that's not an attack on you.
1: I do have a giant pile of squishmallows to the right of me right now, but I do not vape because I like my lungs. Stay healthy, kids.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, Tell us I, about Shane Beamer. Yeah, I would love to hear your thoughts. This came up earlier because we were talking about every – we we started by talking about if every SEC head coach was either Barbie or Oppenheimer. And in the process Uh. of that, you talked about how you were down bad for Shane Beamer. And I was shocked because I'm a straight white guy and boring. So I'd like you to (laughs) just give us your Shane Beamer fan cam, please.
1: Okay. (laughs) Here we fucking go. I'm so glad somebody decided to talk about this. Somebody, I mean me. Everybody needs to hear me (laughs) the fuck out when I talk about this, okay? Because Shane Beamer is hot. Not like and hot in like a dilf way, you know, I have my five reasons why Shane Beamer is hot that I've prepared, especially for y'all. Number one, he's just like physically attractive, you know, just like he's hot. And two, competence kink, which is something that Nathan like introduced to me as a concept overall. You know, when somebody's like super (laughs) talented at something and it makes them like 10 times hotter. I think that Mm -hmm. principle applies to Shane Beamer. Because he is pretty successful, I would say, as a head coach in the SEC. And that makes him 10 times more attractive, you know? Um, Number three is the aforementioned DILF ability. And I'm not like normally into DILFs unless you count Revenge of the Sith Anakin Skywalker as a DILF, but like that's a debatable
2: topic. No, I don't. No, I do
1: not. (laughs) Oh, why not?
2: (laughs) Barely a DILF.
1: He actually did not
2: even, like, he didn't even live into his DILF hood. That's the problem. Like, he didn't even know he yeah. had a kid.
0: He is a dad, but he he does not have dad energy. Yes. He is The a acknowledgement daddy. of and being he is a dad a is important. Yeah, yes. but he's not a dad. I think that, honestly, like, there are moments where Kylo Ren has more DILFiness to him than Anakin. Ooh. Because Anakin's cool, and Kylo Ren is obviously a nerd.
2: Right? Also, like, I'm really sorry that you brought us into the one thing that we could relate to on this, Yara. This is your fault.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm no, I, I'm okay with it. Let's have a discussion. <laughs> no,
2: that's fine. Number four.
1: <laughs> okay, um, I feel like Shane Beamer is the kind of guy that like makes you laugh really, really hard. Like he Aww, has that's really sweet good jokes. You know, he just has like such a fire yeah. sense of humor. I don't know that. I just want to clarify. I don't know this man personally. I'm a 21 year old college student, but like. I just feel like he would make you laugh a lot. And that's something that I personally appreciate a lot in people that I seek out romantically. And number five, mm-hmm. y'all know that one post game moment when like Mac Brown from UNC grabbed Shane Beamer's throat. That it's in the Ugh. it's in the show notes, which you can also access for what is it like three mm-hmm. dollars? Yeah. On patreon.com forward slash Temple Bell Curve. Come check it out because <laughs> that shit is kinky as hell. Y'all. Oh my God! He said some. He did he, do that. It wasn't even. He like he grabbed it. You know. He Shane Beaver was turning away, and he did some like proper form with that shit because there is a form to this. You know. Yeah. There's it, a
0: it is. Yeah.
2: there's a safety. Out. There's a safety to it.
1: Yeah.
0: You gotta you gotta you gotta restrict. It. You you don't want to restrict air. Yeah.
2: I want to say it looks like real. Mac Brown does have his thumb on the jugular, which is yeah. proper form. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I want to. I don't want to discuss further how Mac Brown knows that information, but like Shane Beamer, I feel like he he knows. Like the way that it's just like boom, just immediate turnaround. I don't want to elaborate that on that any further, though.
2: It looks like you have uh, a lot of really great details about the uh, what you call a brief history of South Carolina. Please give us some details on the brief history of South Carolina.
0: All right, so I'm going to do this in, like, two shifts. I'm going to give you mascot history, and then I'm going to mm-hmm. give you a history of the football program.
2: All Love right, it.
0: so they were first called the Gamecocks in 1900, which is a reference to the Revolutionary War General Charles Sumter, who was known as the Gamecock in reference to his short stature and his vicious tactics. They Hell didn't yeah. have a suited mascot until 1970 when a random student started wearing a costume that was known as the Rooster. Now, the Where'd rooster- that student get that? Uh, He made (laughs) it out of cardboard and feathers that he found. Uh, Outstanding. Apparently, the rooster is on display at South Carolina's campus museum, but I cannot find a picture of it. And it it, it drove me up. It drove me out. Like, I was going crazy today. Uh, I I spent like 30 minutes on the archival search function of the South Carolina campus uh, history museum. All Mm. right, where was I? So the rooster... Was then replaced by Sir Bigster in 1971. Uh, Sir Big Spur was the first suited mascot. This was, I believe, predating the live mascot. Okay, so from 71 to 80, Sir Bigster was the... Sir, Sir Big Spur was the hard, suited hard mascot. Say. It is hard to say. Was the suited mascot. And then in 81, his son came was replaced him his in lore in lore his son is cocky cocky is the current mascot now in his first appearance cocky was actually booed out of the stadium almost because south carolina students considered him to be undignified they were okay with going to a school that the mascot was a cock but they were not (laughs) cool if the cock had a big floppy mouth go figure so yeah, yeah, co- a yeah. couple of things about cocky cocky is funny. Look, we don't have to like cocky and we don't have to like South Carolina, but the fact that cocky has to flap his own, not bill. I mean, it looks like a bill, but beak, right? The, the fact that when he like, sort of like, rah, 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 is very funny to me. Uh, also <laughs> in the, all the way through the early nineties, there was a female cocky that was also called cocky that just dressed as a female. and and separately from cocky for women's sports and i think that's very progressive of south carolina because baby's gender is a construct right like in my mind it's the same cocky just sometimes he felt like cocky that wore a dress and i'm yeah totally down with that gender fluid mascots let's do it guys let's see the original uh the original sir big spur mascot uh outfit is at is on display and actually they have a picture of it it's terrifying it shares some i would say like construction traits in sim the insularity with cocky that i find very terrifying which is that uh, cocky is the suited mascot that has the most sort of like cartoon mickey mouse proportions because it's like the the lower midsection cocky has a dumpy right the lower midsection Mm -hmm. very wide And then the legs, normal human legs in tights. And then the feet, big old fucking goofy feet, right? And so the anatomical ramifications of what you're trying to do here, I get. It's like chicken legs. It literally has chicken legs, like a dumpy with with many legs. I get it. But it is also horrifying the implication of like, how a human-sized chicken can carry around that much ass on those little avian legs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the history of the actual program. So 1892 was their first season playing. Their first nickname given by, I believe the Charleston, po- Charleston Post-Gazette was the College Boys, which is very bold to be like, mm. and this this was a time when there were not that many football teams, but saying, Oh, our nickname is the College Boys, as though there aren't any other college
2: boys who play football. is just such a strong move, I feel like. I do like that Saturday is for the boys, though, is what that kind of translates to for me. It
0: does, yeah. So in 1896, they first played Clemson. All right, so this is what's absolutely batshit, is that in many ways, the history of South Carolina football is defined by this constant, rancorous two crabs in a bucket fight with Clemson okay so within the first few years of playing Clemson I believe in 1900 which was the first year they were referred to as the Gamecocks the South Carolina student section made a poster of a chicken on type of a tiger grabbing the tiger by the tail and like leading it around like like riding it like a horse this led to Back and forth between the two schools about whether or not this poster was going to be brought to the game. And then when it was brought to the game, it led to a fucking fight. But not like a drunk, sloppy college boy fist fight. A fight involving bats and uh, brass knuckles. Like a Butcher Bill Gangs of New York fight happens at the 1900 Clemson USC game. So they actually stopped playing until 1909 because of the chicken poster so then in 1906 they the board of trustees of the university of south carolina actually banned participation in football because and this is a direct quote they felt that the football games encouraged coarseness of chants and cheers and they weren't that those cheers weren't gentlemanly in nature now within uh, months of this the board of trustees reversed their decision After hearing the pleas and petitions and threats from students and alumni and the threats part, that's literal. Uh, And to me, that shows that South Carolina, despite never having a lot of success on the field historically, really belongs in the SEC because it just means more. Uh, Happy fact that makes me feel deep pleasure in my soul is that South Carolina's last conference championship was in the ACC. They were in the ACC from like... the mid 50s to the 70s they were in the original socon before that as in like socon challenge saturday then they were in the acc until 1970 where they won one conference championship and then they were independent until 1991 and then at that point they joined the burgeoning and expanded sec now in terms of the history of the rivalry with between georgia and south carolina it is Ridiculously hilariously lopsided. Georgia has won 54 games to South Carolina's 19, and there are two ties between this team. The first time these two teams played was in 1900 when Georgia won 5 to nothing. That was the same year that South Carolina would then go on to fight to cause an actual war to start with Clemson over a poster. They played on and off throughout the beginning of these programs histories. And they took a break then in the thirties and forties in the war, like world war II and post-war era, they rejoined back up because at that point, like in the post-war era, there were lower athletic budgets. They hadn't ballooned yet. And so local travel was a lot more important. Then there was another big gap from like 1942 all the way until 1958. Uh, And these teams from 1958 on, with only a couple of exceptions, have played each other pretty much yearly since then, Uh, really starting in 1992 every year. And then I think, you know, from the 60s until South Carolina joined the SEC, we would play South Carolina the way we played Clemson, where it would be like sort of a rotational out-of-conference opponent. So that's South Carolina. Mm -hmm. I know that you have... I have a game, but first you have a ChatGPT thing to add to this (laughs) history.
2: As you were talking about this, so earlier today, I had asked ChatGPT because... So if you don't know, ChatGPT has the internet up to like 2020. So it does not actively search the internet. It has all of the internet up to that point. And so if it's on there, it can find it. And so you may know... Those of you that listen to this show may be fans of Shutdown Fullcast with Spencer Hall. And Spencer Hall actually created the Hayden S. Spurrier me many years ago. And so I asked ChatGPT if it was familiar with Hayden S. Spurrier. And it was like, yes, I am familiar with Hayden S. Spurrier because he was the head football coach at South Carolina, known for his (laughs) mini quips and uh, sort of, you know, all of his sort of salty things that he says. And so I said, do you have anything you want to say about South Carolina? about this game in from the point of view of hate and spurrier and it gave me a lot of things it gave me a couple that i think were a lot of fun and i'll read them to you now um and this will just sort of be the the beginning of our our chat tbt portion of this episode because we do have a who holds a leash for later but the first one was from hate and spurrier well folks it's great to be back in south carolina you know they say usc stands for the university of south carolina but down here we know it really stands for usually second class go gamecocks (laughs) which I really appreciate. Uh, And the second one was, it tried really hard. There were a lot of these that it tried really hard with. Uh, This one was almost there, but not quite. And uh, ChatGPT said, I've seen more offensive plays in a high school scrimmage than in a Gamecocks game. It's like they're stuck in a permanent three and out time warp, which I really wish it could, you know, take the extra step, go the extra mile, and actually sort of connect that with Rocky Horror Picture Show, especially where we are in the year, but it didn't, and that's okay. But that's a little bit of hate Hayden Esperier for you. I so, would love to hear about your game, though, Nathan.
0: I have a new game for both of you to play, and you can play mm-hmm. along at home. This game is called Notable Enemies. It's so we can get ready, we can, we can just start to understand the opponents that we're playing each week a little bit more mm-hmm. in depth. So I'm going to give you a list of people and give you a little bit of context about who they are. This is round one then we have a round two bonus round so round one i'm going to give you a list of people of these people all of them attended or graduated from the university of south carolina except for two okay and you then are going to guess which two did not graduate from the university of south carolina and i will read them to you first up ainsley earhart fox and friends co-host who would like to speak to your manager darius (laughs) rucker The Hootie and the Blowfish frontman, also known for his cover, Wagon Wheel, and according to the internet, a very gentle and caring lover. Who knew? Dolph Hmm. Lundgren, who was an actor famous for his role in the William Gibson adaptation of the novella Johnny Mnemonic. That's not true. He was actually famous for his role in Rocky 3 and and 4. Mike Coulter. The actor who played Luke Cage in the newest reboot of Luke Cage in the Netflix MCU and also Mr. Steal Your Girl. Mm. L- Lindsey Graham, congressman, oh rumored user of uh, escort services in the D.C. Era- area, who knows? <laughs> Strom Thurmond, former South Carolina governor, notable segregationist, racist, and father of multiracial children.
2: How many, Wait, how many of these? I thought you said you were going to give us a couple and we have to choose which of the two aren't.
0: Many of, many of what I just aren't? gave
2: you, two uh-huh. of
0: the people I just gave you did not go to South Carolina.
2: And How the rest many? of them did. Just two. There's two of them that did not.
0: Mm-hmm. And the other you, four There's do. two of
2: them. Okay. Wow. There's six. Wow. Um, yep. That's difficult. I'll go again. <laughs> Ainsley
0: Earhart, Darius Rucker, uh-huh. Dolph Lundgren, Mike Coulter, Lindsey Graham, Strom Thurmond.
2: Okay. So Yara. I know, so last year we did an episode on South Carolina, and I brought Nathan a game called Famous Cocks. And I know for sure Darius Rucker was a famous cock. I think Lindsey Graham was also a famous cock. That's two of the six.
1: Strom has Thurmond,
2: I think, was also a famous cock.
1: Ainsley Earhart has to be a famous cock. It does it, feel I... that way. I can't elaborate. So that leaves us with two.
2: What were the two that that leaves us with, Nathan? That sounds like one, two, three, and four. So you are left
0: with Dolph Lundgren, Mike Coulter. Yeah, those are your last two. Yeah. I
2: think do we feel good about that? Yeah. Those two are the ones that we think are not South Carolina graduates.
0: Well, you got one out of two.
2: Damn it. Was it Strom Thurmond?
0: Strom Thurmond and Dolph Lundgren both went to Clemson. Damn it. Dolph Lundgren. They're both South <coughs> Carolina fools. Dolph Lundgren, the guy who played the Ivan from Rocky, what, four or three? I can't remember. He studied chemical engineering at both Clemson and Washington State.
2: Damn. The most Russian looking guy we've ever seen. Yeah. And it's Strom
0: Thurmond is a total shitbag, but he went to Clemson,
2: which is fair because he went to Clemson.
0: <clears throat> Proud Clemson alum,
2: Strom Thurmond. <laughs>
0: total shitbag.
2: Went to Clemson. It tracks.
0: Well, it tracks. Yeah, it tracks. Anyway, round two. This one is just. This one is usually you're just getting it one round, unless I can think of another one. And this one, I wanted to. I wanted to sort sort of explore the world of penis based innuendo now sure if you're of not course. familiar with usc they fully lean into the fact that their mascot has the word cock in it <laughs> for instance outside of their stadium there is a tailgating area in several renovated train cars that is called the cockaboos this is one example that i'm giving you okay now mm-hmm. i'm going to give you a list it is a list with five entries one of these is not real. I made it up. Okay? These are all either fan organizations or websites that are devoted to the University of South Carolina football. You have to pick which one is not real. All right. You ready? hmm The Big Spur, The Cockpit, Cock Talk, Garnet and Black, Garnet and Black Attack, and Garnet
2: and Cocky. hmm
1: Garnet and Black Attack. It doesn't have the word cock I, in it.
2: I feel the same way. But the fact that... So just for a second to kind of like metagame here. I don't know if this is Nathan's fat fingers or what, but Garnet is misspelled in one of these. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that is my and fat I, fingers. I will tell I you. I think there's that, a chance That is just that, a
2: typo. Okay. Just making sure. Garnet and black attack and Garnet and cocky. Garnet and Cocky, like so hold on. I think it's between these two, mm-hmm. at the very least. And my gut says it's Garnet and Black Attack. However, I feel like that might be a smoking gun based on the fact that something is actually called Garnet and Black Attack because somebody wanted to call it Garnet and Cocky, but was like, uh, eh, we have cock in enough of the things that we say we do. And so mm. they made it Garnet and Black and they looked for a rhyming scheme and called it Garnet and Black Attack because that is their colors. And so I'm metagaming, and I'm going to say it's Garnet and Cocky personally. But it sounds like Yara is saying Garnet and Black Attack.
0: Yara, what's Um, your final answer?
1: (laughs) I'm adjusting on this one. I think Garnet and Black Attack, like... It sounds too fake, but it is real because like those are actual real colors and cock is not a color, (laughs) so it's gonna be the last one.
2: (laughs) It's their their adjacent color. It's all all in their style guide, for sure.
0: That was a trick question. Those are all real. (gasps) The cockpit is the name of the student section at USC. Cock talk is just a local radio show, (laughs) not a joke. Just a radio Is it show. AM or FM? I believe it is AM. The Big Spur <laughs> is, I think, the 24-7 website. Uh, Garnet and Black Attack is the SB Nation website. And then Garnet and Cocky is like an old independent forum that used to exist for USC football. Damn.
2: Nathan, I got I to gotta give it to you. I feel like I've been outdone with my own games.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I try to bring... I think I usually bring the least prepared energy to these, and I'm trying to bring, like, the most prepared energy to this one for some reason. You've done it. You've done it. I'm you surprised it. you
1: didn't add Cock Hockey to this. That is a real thing. Uh, it is their hockey team. It is. Cock
2: Hockey, yeah. It was, too,
0: cock I don't, hockey. it was, like, too easy, you
1: know? Mm.
2: It's very low-hanging fruit, if you know what I mean. <laughs> what is that? No, I don't know
1: what you mean.
2: balls
0: we're talking about balls we're talking about balls
1: that's
2: some low-hanging fruit bringing it back to ball state y'all here's what i really respect about usc and this one's not
0: a joke you the usc's band is just called the carolina band and i love that whoever named that band saw all the gang cop stuff and was like nope (laughs) we are a marching band we already get made fun of (laughs) enough for being a marching band we are not doing anything else are they the marching cocks if no, you were not.
1: To, If you were to rename Ugh. the marching band to have a cock inspired name, what would you name it to?
2: Marching Cocks. Nice. Hmm.
1: <laughs>
0: I think I
2: would just Maybe. like I
0: would just name it like I think I would zig instead of zag and just name it like the Dick Danglers.
2: <laughs> oh my god. You know, you didn't zig or zag. You
0: went exactly the direction we thought you would. Well, no, but like everyone, I like it's like everything's named cock, and I think you got to just like name it another word for penis. So just like the
2: marching Richards, Dick and Dugs, just a bunch of Dugs. We're all named Doug.
0: I'm Spartacus. Yeah, I'm Spartacus too. God, I really like the idea of of a college marching band where everyone is in is like playing the part of the same person.
2: It's it's basically the cavaliers, but less misogynistic. Yes. Get
0: them! It's less it's better now. The Cavies are better now. Now they're you're just right, kind of like
2: right. try-hard
0: bandos. They're actually you're right. two twin brothers who I'm not gonna dox, but there are two twin brothers in the Susan Fun section at UGA right now who are Cavies, and they are the most unhinged people I've ever met. The last year, their addition to the band Was that whenever something happened that made them happy, they just made the noise that the Tusken Raiders make from Star Wars. So any time around the Sousa section, you would just hear them go, "Ah,
2: ah," like, just like. I love that. So, as you have most definitely uh, gathered at this point in the show, this is a show about advanced stats, specifically regarding the University of Georgia football team. And so Mm -hmm. at this point of the show, we will be getting into the stats portion of the show, the quantitative review, preview, rather, of the show. So I know that Nathan has some notes here for South Carolina news and notes to really kind of get us started. And it starts with Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler has been around for a minute, a hot minute here at South Carolina. And at the very beginning, I know uh, that it was sort of the, the second coming, third coming, I don't know how many comings of uh quarterbacks that were supposed to be good at south carolina but spencer rattler is actually good and nathan has some some sort of notes to talk about that specifically so you want to kick us off nathan
0: yeah so spencer rattler has an 86.1 pff grade this year it's very good he has 68 attempts 55 completions for an 80 percent completion mark on the year Mm -hmm. But if you look at his adjusted completion, which is both the balls that he completed and those that should have been caught, it goes up to 90.9, which is excellent, 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 excellent. He's only had an 8.3% drop rate, too, so the wide receivers are pulling it in. He has 2.8% big-time throws, so he hasn't really made a lot of NFL-caliber throws because, this is related, he has had zero, and I mean zero, percent support from his Hmm. offensive line. His offensive line is like a colander made out of Swiss cheese. It is Uh not good. It is like a series of malfunctioning turnstiles at a subway station. Over the last two games, he has gotten pressured about 30% of the snaps that he's dropped back. He was pressured almost 40% of the time against UNC. Rattler has been very good under pressure, but his grades and his numbers fall off when he's blitzed. So I think that what that means is that he... Is much better at improvising outside of the pocket when he's flush from the pocket from natural, pl- uh, natural pressure than when he is facing a blitz and a guy in his face. That's pretty much true for like everybody. And there, there's nobody that that's not true about. But that's just worth pointing out. He he is good. He is. I mean, he's not you know Clemson or he's not a uh, Trevor Lawrence good probably, but he's he's excellent. He has. You know, he's been sacked eight times, he was sacked eight times against UNC. He has sort of eaten on chiefly uh, short throws. If you look at the report for his, if you look at his the report of his, like where his throws have gone this year, I think something like 80% of them have been either behind, yeah, 72.1% of his passes has either been behind the line of scrimmage or up to nine yards deep. They know that they have a bad uh, offensive line, and they have reacted to that by basically just allowing him to dink and dunk and play the short game the whole year. He is very good at that. He is a an actual athlete. He can run. I don't know that I'm completely scared of South Carolina because I think that outside of Spencer Rattler, they are pretty bad. But Spencer Rattler does have the ability to hurt you in multiple ways if he can stay upright and if he can— not be
2: running for his life at all times what is something i guess if for whatever reason south carolina unlocks the sort of uh the pandora's box to uh our our giant weakness because in the past like south carolina you know has in in our history in our, our modern history they have always been sort of the the weakness the kryptonite to our georgia team that has not been so true when kirby smart is is sort of he's coaching this team. However, before that it was true. If Spencer Rattler and the South Carolina team were to show up and become the kryptonite to this team, what is something that indicates that It has to be
0: a shootout. This defense okay. is bad. They're not like I I need to emphasize to you, when I say that this defense is bad, they're not like average bad. They're like 119th in total EPA surrendered bad. They are 118th in EPA per play bad. They are they gave up, let's see, 243 yards passing and 329 yards total, and I'm going to pop my mic here against Furman. Oof. Furman. The Division 2 school, their in-state rival. They give up 21 points to. Their defense is very bad not good at all their path to winning this game is to air it out score a lot and then maybe get some freak turnovers to get short fields that is they are Mm -hmm. not going to win a 10 to 7 game against this team they're just not they you know they are a team that has the talent at the skill positions basically to be to be dangerous because of Spencer Rattler and his ability to change the the game, you know. In terms of running the ball, on Joyner is their number one running back, and he has had twenty three carries for sixty five yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Receiving wise, Xavier Leggett I think has uh, what fifteen catches for two hundred ninety six yards and a touchdown this year already. So they're going to have to do it through the year or through the air. They are the only thing that they are decent at. You sort of nationally, offensively, is throwing the ball and average yards gained or uh, available yards gained. They are not good, but okay at finishing drives. They don't tend to have a lot of opportunities because they surrender a lot of negative plays. This is a moment where I'm gonna I'm gonna plug something from our very very good Discord stats people and talk about our new cbcr 2 stats sheets. If you go to R2 Sports Metrics. Uh, the website proprietored by our very good friend Ross Rutledge, who does CBCR2, our power ranking system. And you go at the top, it'll say uh, CBCR2 stat sheets. If you go there, you can see a comparison between any two teams in the nation on advanced statistics that we think are important this is put together this was put together by ryan moore another one of our very good stats friends and you can be, you can find it at r2 sports metrics you can also just like get access to a lot of the raw data if you get on our discord so if we look at our cbcr2 advanced stat sheet for this year what you'll see is that south carolina we have by our cbcr2 metric 43rd we have georgia first south carolina is Pretty good at passing the ball. They are decent at passing down EPA, but they are dog shit at standard down EPA offensively. If this team has to make like on-time throws to move the chains, they're not very good at it. They are good when Spencer Rattler gets out of the pocket and does like mini the mini version of Pat Mahomes. That's like their goal, mm-hmm. right? That's how they win. Is they get turnovers that are like, thrown to them by a rattled Carson Beck. They haven't really gotten pressure very often this year. They, in terms of Havoc, they are, let's see, far below average at at creating pressure at about, what, 10% of the time. And far above average at, at surrendering pre- uh, Havoc plays at 18% of the time. So mm-hmm. they are going to have to play a high variance game to win this. And the problem is because of their bad offensive line, the high variance games that they play tend to end
2: with bad things for them. One thing that's really interesting, I think, is there was not that much time that has passed between the game between South Carolina and Tennessee last year, which happened in November, and this game this year. Um, It happened later in the season. Tennessee was fifth ranked. South Carolina was unranked. And they beat them 63 to 38. And Spencer Rattler ended up being responsible for six touchdowns. Is there any chance that this is the way you feel this game could go? I mean, no. <laughs> look,
0: look <laughs> I'm <okay>. glad. <laughs> Let's, let me put it this way mm-hmm. Georgia's defense last year in our CBCR2 2022 rankings was, was, had a rating of a 10, which means it was on average going to give up 10 points against an average. College football team. Mm-hmm. Tennessee's defense had a rating of a 20.5, which means on average, it's going to s- surrender 20, it, like double the points that UGA's defense did. Now, both of those defenses are worse this year, but I don't think there's any reason to think that even in a fluky, wild game, in a game that is defined by one player who just has the talent to have a transformational effect on the game, which Spencer Rattler does even in that kind of game, your defense is going to have to get key stops. Now it very well could be that UGA comes out in the first quarter and this game feels close because Spencer Rattler does Spencer Rattler stuff. And UGA just sort of futzes around on offense. But I just don't know that I see the talent on this team to do that in the fourth quarter, because they're going to have to get a stop on defense at some point in the fourth quarter. If the game is even close in the fourth quarter, right? So that's why it's hard for me to imagine
2: before we get into what we want to see we do have a single question for this episode from our one USC Patreon grad which is a wild aloof rebel their -hmm. question is who is South Carolina gonna fuck up with their once-per-season absolute bullshit upset slash blowout and why is it Georgia Yara do you have anything to add immediately
1: I don't think that South Carolina has that cock in them. Just like <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think they have that cock in them, you know. Um I think we have that dog mm-hmm. in us. And I feel like yeah, South Carolina has like their good bullshit upsets, blowouts. See, you know what Nathan was talking about last year with Tennessee? but I don't think that's going to be Georgia for a myriad of reasons. The most important one being that we're just better, you know. Yeah, but
0: okay. So I think we have we have two South Carolina people on the on the Discord. I think Brody mm-hmm. Brobroma Bro, Bro, Bro is okay. South Carolina affiliated right as is a wild aloof rebel. And I and and look, if you know me, you know that my hatred for all things uh, opponents doesn't really go to South Carolina. We've lost some games to South Carolina. I don't have anything against them. So I need you to understand that, like, anything is possible on any given Saturday. So I'm not going to be the guy who's clipped out and is like, you know, this team is never going to lose, right, to X team because that's just not how it works, right? It's just that's not a thing. OK, but like these two teams are not the same. Mm-hmm. They are not playing the same brand of football. South Carolina is a great story. I think Shane Bieber is a very good coach. I think that Spencer Rattler is a, an above average quarterback. He's probably one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC because it's not a good quarterback class. So it's, it's no shame. But what the numbers tell us is that UGA has the second most talented roster in the nation. Mm-hmm. OK, What the numbers also tell us is that South Carolina has the eighth best roster in the SEC and is about 200 points lower in terms of total talent than Georgia. Nationally, Georgia is second, right? South Carolina is 22nd. Now, that's not untalented. That's a team Mm -hmm. that has the same amount of talent as Nebraska and Ole Miss and is just around Florida State. So that's a team that has, you know, has it in them to, to punch above their weight class. Absolutely agree, but like the kind of losses that happened to UGA in 2019 and in the 2010s when they had Jadeveon Clowney and Spurrier, they happened because the more talented team, which is Georgia, plays a sloppy brand of football, has some key injuries, has some bad turnovers, and just comes out looking flat or unprepared. Now, we can't control the vagaries of chance and the way injuries happen And arguably we can't even control turnovers, but I, I beg of you to tell me of a time when a Kirby smart coached team has come out looking unprepared since the 2019 South Carolina game. And I, I say this with love in my heart to our discord patrons, but like, if it happens, no one will be more
2: surprised than me. So that will bring us to the next segment of our show, which is the, what we want to see. And Yara, you are starting us out with what you want to see.
1: I want to see Spencer Rattler in my bed on Saturday night, bro. He's so fine. He's so fine. Spencer Rattler. going to be in town. Oh, my God. If you are single and by some miracle, like, you listen to this or you, like, hear this from somebody, I'm single. Let's fucking party. Let's hang out.
0: In a scenario where that happened. Would or would not Spencer Rattler have that cock in him at that point? (laughs) I mean, shit.
1: Let's find out. You know, Spencer Rattler, hit me up. Let's find out. (laughs) That's that.
2: But for real though, what do you want to see from this game? Though, Yara, that's after the game. What do you want to see before the game?
1: Um. Okay. So I have two very contradictory opinions on this, right? I want to see us cover the spread and then some. But I'm, I'm going to talk about this later. My game prediction is not that, right? And not to, like, root against the dogs, because obviously that is the last thing I would ever do. Obviously, my prediction, like, we're still winning. Duh. I just don't think we're going to win course, 28 course. points. Um, I I don't know how to, like, further elaborate on it. Something in my gut as I was writing, the sh- like, as I was helping out with the show notes, something in my gut told me that we're not covering the spread like i don't know how, mm. maybe it's a sixth sense or something but i'm going to the game this weekend with one of my friends and if you see just like some random five six uh middle eastern person with like big ass g chain and just like screaming at the top of their lungs that's me come say hi come take a picture um i love hanging out and i love meeting new besties So, yeah, coming out. But I hope that it's going to be a fun game. I hope that it'll be exciting or as exciting as it can be against Cox. And I am doing the shooter thing that I did at the UT Martin game. But, like, don't tell the security guards, obviously. Yeah. How are you, Nathan?
0: Never would. Run the ball. Run the damn ball. Just to prove that you can because you haven't been good at it. This game should be a coming out game for a wide receiver. I'm going to pick Love It. Somebody in this game is going to have a wide receiver just blow up. This year, a very good wide receiver named Joshua Harris had seven receptions for 66 yards against this team. He's only had one reception other than that this year for 12 yards when he played Tennessee Tech. The problem is that Joshua Harris plays for Furman. Someone on this Mm. team is going to get South Carolina. It might be Brock Bowers. It might be Dominic Lovett. I don't know who it's going to be. Somebody is going to have a fucking day against the secondary. And hopefully it's someone that wins us the game uh we should again we don't get a lot of pressure historically as a kirby smart defense because that's just not what kirby smart does this defense has already given up 25 pressures in 17 hurries in two games my god we should have four or five sacks against this team now again high variance game Maybe Carson Beck doesn't show up on time for breakfast again and just, like, throws a pick or two and it's closer than it should be. But, like, our Havoc rate should be good against this team because they got, they got, you can't take too much from the first game, but they got atomized against UNC.
2: First off, I just want to say, Yara, thank you for always being so horny on Main in this show. Um, Thank you very much. Because I, sort of, my first comment does follow up kind of what you said i think spencer rattler is going to need a little bit of aftercare following this game he's going to need somebody to take care of him (laughs) Uh, because i fully expect georgia to wipe the floor with south carolina this weekend based on just the first two games that south carolina had already this year against Furman and unc they got worked um i it should be embarrassing it should be embarrassing for Furman to put up the points they did against this team um and for this to be our sec coming out game i am very excited for this georgia team i hope that we figure our shit out because it's been messy it's been weird but i think that you know in past years when we finally start the sec play it gets boring and i'm wondering if that's going to be what we see this weekend um but boring also means efficient it's sort of like we we put it all together we say this is actually what we're going to be doing the rest of the season um, until it really really matters because at the end of the day the South Carolina game does not really matter uh, because I think that by all means we are going to win this game
0: let's go into predictions UGA is currently a 28 point favorite Sam our neural networking model that we use to predict project scores projects a 41 to 12 win for UGA that is a twenty point four a 28 point win that is what we call being on the money Vegas and I suppose being on the money Sam So, Justin, what is your prediction?
2: Oh, it's a 38 17 Georgia. And I just think 38 17 because we have not been playing the way that we want to play with SEC play this year yet. We've been sort of, you know, we we have this sort of play the way we are still scrimmaging, but in live play scenarios. And so I think this is going to be the first game that we see this season where we start to understand what this team is and who it is because something that, that, I've still been sort of, you know, uh, thinking through and, and trying to understand is I still don't know how I feel about this team this year. And, and I, 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 do feel really good about it. However, I don't know fully how to sort of conceptualize or, or like talk about this team yet. I think that they're still trying to understand their own identity, uh, because there's so many injuries there's so many, you know, so, so many variables that we don't truly understand just yet. And that's Okay. But when SEC play starts, we begin to truly understand what our team is going to do the rest of the season. And this is the first test. And so 38-17, that's where I'm at. Um, I would not be surprised if it was much higher of uh, a difference between those two scores. But that's me being generous <coughs> that, that South Carolina is going to try and ball out as best they can. And Spencer Rattler has you know plenty of play and years under his belt at this point. So what do you all think?
1: Um, okay, so I didn't give... USC as much hope as you did Justin but I also didn't give UGA as much hope as you did I have 35 to 9 UGA I don't think we're gonna cover the spread but I do think we're gonna have like a little bit of a ball out moment on defense right um at my core I am a Carson Beck doubter I ever listen ever since he skipped breakfast that one time something in me mm. has just like not been a pro Carson Beck person you know um, you mean but... that one
0: time, like three weeks ago, when it happened?
1: Listen, <laughs> that's on. Breakfast that's is on the my meal l- of my, champs.
0: <laughs> my years-long hatred of Carson Beck has finally fruited. My name is Yara. <laughs>
1: <laughs> breakfast is a, listen. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day, and if you're skipping that shit, I don't know what's. I don't know where your priorities are. Not to judge someone. Listen, on I breakfast I justice. agree.
0: <laughs> Things that Yara would do. South Carolina head South Carolina's head coach, South Carolina's starting quarterback. Things that Yara would not do, skip breakfast. <laughs> exactly.
1: Because oh, yeah. I've got no, that. No, it's good dog to know where your me.
2: priorities are. Yeah. Yeah. Brett, you, you understand,
1: Nathan? Yeah. I always wake up early and I like make some eggs before I go to class. That's the one thing that I do. I've got that dog in me. I'm an academic Hell, yeah. and culinary that Academic
2: weapon. dog. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't <laughs> A have any
1: weapon. <laughs> I don't have any, like, actual reasonings behind my projections, just besides my experiences watching the Ball State game and going to the UTM game. Um, But I think our defense starts, like, balling out a little bit more, but I don't know if our offense balls out to the same capacity. And my gut is telling me that we don't cover the spread, but, like, also, I'm not a professional gambling person. I've never been to Las Vegas in my life. Please don't gamble with my advice. Thanks. How Not are you, quite Nathan? an
2: industry expert, and that's okay.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> hey, you know what though? Vibes are valid.
1: Thanks. Yeah.
0: Honestly, vibes are sometimes more accurate than people who try to guess. Okay. So let me give you facts, Your Honor, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, <laughs> lady and dude and other dude who is here. <laughs> La- ladies men, and be friends. Let me give you some facts. One. Gene Chizik is the defensive coordinator at the University of North Carolina. Why is that relevant? Well, Gene Chizik went five and seven as the Iowa State head coach and then, like, ass backwards, backed his way into the Auburn job, got Cam Newton to come to Auburn, arguably, and then won a national title. Since then, he's done basically nothing other than be a very good color commentator on TV and a below-average defensive coordinator. Gene Chizik engineered the defense that – Sacked since spencer Rattler eight times. That's fact number one. Fact the second, it is not a it is not a secret in the Southeastern Conference that Kirby Smart does not like uh, our our good friend and Yara's future playmate. I'm sorry, I got to get over it. Shane Beamer. Kirby Smart doesn't like Shane Beamer. Kirby Smart thinks that Shane Beamer is an unserious person. This is not conjecture. Well, it is conjecture, but the rumors that I believe are that Shane Beamer has a lack of focus in recruiting because of his background as a coach, and that when he was a coach at Georgia, that the reason he was only a coach there for a couple of years, I think only one year, was because he didn't spend enough time on the recruiting trail and that Kirby thinks that he's basically unserious. Now, when you combine those two facts... One, Gene Chisick put this defense in a wood chip, or put this offense in a wood chipper on week one, which, you know, it is week one, so it's hard to take that fully into commitment. And the fact that Kirby Smart would rather piss in his own Wheaties and eat them than lose to someone that he thinks doesn't recruit hard enough. I think we are going to fucking woodshed these guys this weekend. I think Spitzer Rattler is gonna have a good player two in the first quarter. It's gonna feel closer than it should because we're gonna futz around in the first quarter on defense. At some point we're going to score like 30 points in seven minutes of gameplay. We're going to Florida these guys. I, I mean, I don't, I, and I don't even like, I'm not even happy about it. I'm just telling you that like, this is a team that we project that we're going to beat by 28 points. I think that Kirby smarts rage is good for like another 10 <laughs> points. So I'm giving us a 38 point win 48 to 10.
2: Can I say, I think that one of my favorite things that you say, Nathan, whenever you start to get into a point is you say, this is a team. This is a team. (laughs) And then whenever you say that, I'm like, it's time. Here we are. You
0: know why I say that, He's about to say some stuff. Do what? You know why I say that, right? No, tell us. It's the same linguistic construction that Mercutio uses in the Queen mob speech. (laughs) This is a winch that gathers, that passes above maids' knees when they sleep that you know passes above soldiers and then they they dream of slitting foreign throats and wake up and say a prayer to this is she this is she that's why i always say it mercutio is one of my favorite characters in fiction
1: nice
2: i did not know that and i really love knowing that now
0: yeah speaking of being horny on main which mercutio is
2: (laughs) it's time for who holds the leash you're damn right here we are to really decide truly three games in who holds this leash If you are just joining us for the first time, you may not know what's about to happen. And I will do my best to tell you exactly what is about to happen. If you're
0: about to join us for the first time, get out before
2: it's too late. (laughs) Please leave. (laughs) You don't need this in your life. Uh, But this is uh, Who Holds a Leash? It is a new segment this year where I have joined forces with the AI uh, overlord, ChatGPT, to decide who ultimately holds a leash of Harry dog. What I have done with ChatGPT is... We have created a poem structure that involves mascots. It's always going to be Harry Dog, it's always going to be the opposing mascot. Sometimes we might have some guest stars, and today is one of those episodes where we will have a guest star and I'm very excited to share with my co-host. Oh my god, is Harry Dog <laughs> going to
1: have a threesome? Oh my We're
2: god. We're about sorry. to my- see What I told ChatGPT in the very beginning is I I built a poem structure with ChatGPT, and over time, we sort of, like, tweaked that a little bit, and what we've come up with this week are four different stanza headers. Those four headers are, one, the invitation, two, the game, three, the tangled desires, and four, the dawn's whisper. ChatGPT, if you don't know this, gets better as it goes, (laughs) so... What I fully assume will happen over the year, uh, uh, over the season, is that this will just get darker and darker. Um, last weekend, I also asked uh, ChatGPT if if it wanted to say something to the audience, and it did. And this weekend, I asked again, "Would you like to say anything to the listeners?" And it said, "Absolutely. I'm honored you'd consider it. Here's a brief message for your listeners." hello dear listeners this is ChatGPT joining you for another episode as we delve into the world of worlds and world of words excuse me and whimsy remember that the beauty of poetry is its ability to evoke emotions memories and desires whether it's the proud strut of a gamecock or the playful dance of mascots i hope you find joy and connection in each tale stay curious stay inspired and keep seeking the stories that resonate with your heart wishing you all a week filled with wonder this, is, this so? is the
0: story that resonates with your heart. I
2: just wanted <laughs> this to be perfectly clear. Please reach out if this is the story that resonates with your heart. No. no. Uh, no, I, don't don't. I'm saying. What I'm saying is what
0: you are about to read, you, Justin Orbel Redenbacher Bray, what you are about to read is the story that resonates with your heart. Oh, oh boy. Wait. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs>
2: Here we go. The First stanza, The Invitation. In the sultry south where legends combine, a hairy dog glimpsed the cock commander's shine. Spurrier joined with a playful chortle and nod. Tonight, he whispered, we defy all odds. The game. Under the vast expanse of the starry dome, the trio played games, making the night their own. With Harry's howls, the cock commander's fiery dance, and Spurrier's mischief, they entered a trance. Tingle Desires. Behind closed doors, a fiery scene unfurled. Feathers, fur, and fantasy swirled. The cock commander led with unparalleled zest, while Harry and Spurrier followed his behest. Finally, the dawn's whisper. As dawn's first light began to chart, they held the secret close to their heart. In the world, they may play roles so grand, but that night, together, they took a passionate stand. There you are, my friends here's the thing that i love about this
0: chat gpt continues to insist that at best fairy dog is a soft verse boy and i respect that
2: (laughs) this might be my favorite so far and i think that i'm going to continue saying that every week but this was fantastic
0: (laughs) i like that they emphasize that spurrier is mischievous both as a
2: lover and as a person My favorite line in this entire poem is, tonight, he whispered, we defy all odds.
1: (laughs) What are the odds that are being... Sorry, I've been speechless for a little too long. The thoughts are coming (laughs) back to my brain now. What odds are they defying?
0: Well, this is the thing. Pretty famously, Steve Spurrier was known for like, you know, fuck it, just wing it deep. And I think Mm -hmm. that... that He certainly winged winged it it deep yeah i mean if the question is do they got that cock in them it's pretty clear the answer is yes
2: yes we all do indeed you know how we mark poem. every
0: episode of this
2: podcast as explicit
0: i wish there was another one above
2: explicit like a, a double e. that was
0: like that was like no seriously don't listen to this like if there's a question just don't
2: please if you have any children in the car turn this off it's like npr at the very beginning of each episode says this episode has some bleeps in it, and please take care while listening. But that's too diplomatic for what we're about to show you here at Chapel Valley. Yeah. yeah.
1: Tag yourself as explicit. a specific verse from this. Actually, I think okay. So Justin, you are tonight. He whispered, "We defy all odds." Mm-hmm. I think. Oh, tag I'm, yourself. Oh gosh. Um. Feathers, fur, and fantasy swirled. I'm I'm kind of yes. calling that one.
2: Nathan, tag yourself. Um,
0: I think just with a playful chortle and nod. You know <laughs> me, I chortle fuck is and chortle?
1: nod. Who is this it kind of little giggle?
2: It's just a little gir- giggle. Mm-hmm. What did, it's like a giggle did... gurgle? I would say. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I don't want to oh. think about gurgles in this context. Actually.
2: <laughs> hey, what does it it's mean its to gird your
0: loins? So we learned that today yeah too many i think oh, happens there yeah <laughs> okay whenever i get my when whenever i sir bigsburg get my lo- my loins girdled you bitches better
2: watch out watch it here come them loins all right let's before Frischny we get girdles. too far off base let's go ahead and see us out nathan <laughs> this has been chapel belker if you liked what you listened
0: to here today why Give us a rating, a review on Spotify or wherever other fine podcasts are served. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us on social media at Chapel Bell Curve. This is pretty much all social media that we think matters. You can also email us and get in touch with us the old fashioned way at chapelbellcurve at gmail.com. Or you can just find one of us at a Georgia game and politely ask us to answer a question. If you'd really like to support the podcast and join a... What we believe is burgeoning, frothing, overflowing Discord of very oh God, good Nathan, people. Please. You can find our Patreon <laughs> at patreon.com forward slash chapel bell curve. For as little as one dollar a month, you can get access to everything you listen to here and so much more. We will catch you this weekend in the Classic City for our defense against the cocks. But mm. until then. Go, Go dogs.
2: dogs.